Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Searching for Service. I'm Joe Kirk, and with me... It's Chad Larson. And we have the pleasure today of interviewing Steve Johnson. He's the Global Grant Chair, and you're you're coming to us from Monticello, Minnesota. So um, let's just start real quick. Talk a little bit about yourself. How, how did you get involved in Rotary? Um, and, you know, what was your first exposure to that? Well, I would probably define myself as a legacy Rotarian. Um, my father and grandfather founded the club in Monticello in 1955. So I grew up with Rotary as part of my life because of those two individuals. In the DNA. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for better or for worse. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, when it was my turn in 1977, I joined the Monticello Rotary Club. Uh, both of my father and grandfather passed away, of course. And um, my niece is also a member of the Rotary Club in Minneapolis. And so she's taking it to the fourth generation. Oh, that's so cool. that's kind of my background. And as you say, it's kind of imbibed in me from a very young age. Do you remember your first service project? Probably as a kid oh, growing up, right? Well, uh, I guess it would be probably my father's. Uh, one of the first things that they did as a Rotary Club is they spearheaded uh, parking lots in downtown Monticello, which uh, have evolved from there. But uh, uh, back in that day, um, Business people in town, of which my father and grandfather were, uh, belonged to the Chamber of Commerce and mm -hmm. churches or whatever, and they just changed hats. And so one day it was a Rotary, the other time it was a Chamber of Commerce, and uh, whatever needed to be done in a small town in the 1950s and 60s. It is amazing so, the, the relationship between Rotary and the Chamber of Commerce. I find that in most communities, it's pretty closely tied just because you're serving small businesses and a lot of those small businesses serve the community. So it kind of all goes together. Well, Rotary was founded in uh, approximately 1910 by Paul Harris, and he was a lonely lawyer in Chicago who wanted to meet other uh, business and professional people. And so he uh, formed a club called Rotary. And the reason that was called Rotary is they met in different people's offices and rotated from office to office. Hence the name Rotary. That I did not know. No, I didn't either. <laughs> that is awesome. Cool. There's a little bit of information out there for our, our listeners. Thanks. And their first uh, their first service project is they uh, put in a restroom at the City Hall of Chicago because one did not exist. <laughs> so that was the first Rotary project, and it's uh, grown from there. In addition, it's grown internationally. I was just uh, going to say, yeah. That's the second part of our name is international. And the first international club was formed in Winnipeg, Canada. And so they then became Rotary International. Matter of fact, the ninth Rotary Club ever established is in Minneapolis. Oh, Rotary really? Club number nine. Fascinating. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning a lot today. What now was you it? have some trivia in your head that you'll never be able to get rid of. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Uh, as you've you know, gotten involved in, and you've been involved for a long time, what are some of the projects or, or committees and, and some of the volunteering that you did through Rotary that you're uh, most excited or proud of? Oh, we've done everything locally from uh, fixturing food shelves, uh, uh, Rotary along with the Lions Club, which we cooperate with. Um, <clears throat> fixtured uh, uh, food shelf in Monticello. We've done uh, projects where we've uh, planted trees in the area. Uh, we set up a backpack program for um, children in school who mm -hmm. did not have sufficient food when they went home at night. 
they were at, in school, their only meal during the day was typically lunch. And so what we did at the end of the end of the week is we put together food bags that we put in their backpacks that they could take home over the weekend and have something to eat. And even in a relatively affluent community like Monticello, there are kids that are hungry. Yeah. And so that was something that was uh, originated by the Rotary Club. And then they started it and then it turned out to be a community wide project. So, How cool is that? Yeah. I, I just always love like, uh, many other many other Rotary Clubs have done the same thing. Yeah, I just always love hearing those little those little stories that where you where you touch a very specific part of the community, you know, whether that's kids or you know the homeless or trafficked or whatever the whatever the community is, and it it just really uh, grounds the subject for you locally versus. Because some of these things, we just think about them in abstract, right? Yep. Like, oh, we understand this is an issue, but it's somewhere else. It's not here. And then it grounds it in your community, and it really it really mobilizes me to, to want to continue to serve. And, and get involved. Yeah. Well, I think that's the driving factor. Um, most people join Rotary, or at least a, a good portion of them do, for the networking. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's typically, it's the 50 busiest people in town. Yeah. Right. And you can network very easily that way. The reason I think that many, if not most people, stay in Rotary is the service part portion of it. Yeah. So they kind of migrate from networking, which still is there. But uh, they think of service above self. And that's kind of the underlying uh, credo of Rotarians. And that's what kind of keeps us together over the years. Yeah, absolutely. How did you branch off and start getting involved in the international side of Rotary? Well, uh our club has done some international uh, projects over the over the decades, but I had an opportunity to work with the Global Grants Committee six or seven years ago, and uh, it just kind of grew from there. And they extensively use uh, the Rotary Foundation, and this is what one of the things that makes Rotary unique is that every year we have a fundraiser amongst all of our members, of which we um, worldwide uh, garner millions of dollars. And uh, we are able to leverage that into service projects. And um, right now, Rotary is in 193 countries, uh, approximately 1.2 million members. And uh, all these uh, clubs all over the world contribute something one way or another to the Rotary Foundation. It is then redispersed back to the actual districts. And so unlike many nonprofit organizations or uh, foundations, the money that is contributed by Rotarians goes back and is being spent by the people that actually gave the money. Yeah. And not to disparage, you know, the American Red Cross or other uh, foundations will make a contribution to them and they put the money where they think it's needed. Rotary, on the other hand, is from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So projects that the Rotary uh, clubs do are projects that are initiated by a Rotary club, oftentimes partnering with other Rotary clubs around the world. And that money is then leveraged against contributions that are made locally. And I'll tell you that part of the reason why I joined Rotary too is I, I was looking for a great organization to give money to. And, and, and I wanted to make sure that that money was being used towards the things that I wanted it to. And I just have never heard anybody other than Rotary where it gets deployed the way it gets back directly to to the to the source and is used effectively. Well, Rotary is um, 
rated by the uh, NGO and foundation rating service, I forgot the name at the moment, as number five in the world because we're very careful how it's spent. Mm -hmm. And so uh, all of the money that's contributed to the Rotary Foundation, 100% goes to the actual project. And the way, reason they're able to do that is when uh, contributions are made in a particular fiscal year, they are held by Rotary for three years. And the interest generated by those funds for three years pays for the operations of the foundation. How brilliant. After three years, 100% of the money is reallocated to the districts to be spent on projects. And those projects have got to be verified by invoices, so we know that the money is going to the actual beneficiaries of which the project is designed. And uh, most people don't understand that, but uh, Rotary is a ground-up type organization. We go into a community and find out what their needs are, and then we work to fulfill it, as opposed to a top-down, which might be... Uh, looking at a hospital or whatever and buying them equipment. Yeah. Uh, it's all designed by the needs of the actual beneficiaries themselves. Which then leads to higher levels of impact, higher levels of continual support, um, buy-in by the communities, those types of things. It just it just makes so much more sense to do it that way, yeah. doesn't it? Instead, it's, it's like somebody telling you, this is what you need to, to do versus, no, 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 this is what we're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, we well, all, the, go ahead. The beneficiaries then have uh, investment in the project. Correct. And one of the elements of, uh, of an international project is what we call sustainability. Mm -hmm. That after the money is spent and the project is completed, how is it going to continue on into the future after the Rotary project is complete? And that's a key uh, element of any of the projects that Rotary does. Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, it's it's so intuitive to go because it's one thing to do something because it feels good and it you know you have money to spend, but to actually do projects that serve the community that the project is being done for, and then that community can take it and continue to sustain it. I mean, that's, that's community building, right? Like, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what community building is. Yeah, well, let me give you some raw, raw numbers. Uh, we do district grants, which are, can be local and also international. And um, those are defined as grants less than $30,000 a piece. It could be five, it could be 15, it could be 30. A global grant is a grant that is over $30,000 and typically in our district, they average anywhere between sixty and $100,000 for a project. In district grants, we did 17 projects in 2120, uh, 22, no, 2122. And um, let's see, I'm getting the numbers all mixed up here. We did 17 projects involving 35 different clubs. Um, 11 of them were international and clubs themselves contributed about $90,000 to those 17 projects. But with matching funds from the Rotary Foundation, from that annual fund drive that we have every year, they were able to leverage that $90,000 into $263,000. Wow. That's, that, that's the power right there. I mean, it's, it's just showing you how something that starts smaller with the leverage of the district in the you know, the international and being able to, and, and you know, what's so funny is it's been, it's been explained to me 50 times and I still like, it's one of those things that like, it just doesn't quite stick. But what I tell people, and I, I don't know if you agree with this or not, is I'm like, it is the coolest way to leverage dollars into larger projects 
because of the way that the foundation is set up and the way that that, that uh, Rotary sets up its um, the the giving. Well, the second uh, second half of the Rotary Foundation is what we do in global grants. For a district grant, typically that will leverage the money about three to one. If we do a global grant, we're able to leverage that uh, money at a rate of six to one. Wow. So again, for the 21-22 Rotary year, we did six global grants involving 19 different clubs in the district. Now, keep in mind, we have 60 clubs. Um, clubs contributed to those six projects $109,000 and change. We were able to leverage that to $640,000. That's incredible. That's incredible. And I, I tell you what, Steve, we've got to actually break and get into our next segment. But th- those are some incredible okay. numbers at just how you can leverage Rotary. And I'm Joe Kirk. Okay. And I'm Chad Larson. We'll be back. Hey there, welcome back to Searching for Service. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. And today we are talking to Steve Johnson. He is the Global Grants Chair or International Grants Chair. Global Grants Chair. I had it right the first time. I knew I did. I put that in your head last time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Global Grants Chair. And we've been talking about um, international projects and why it's important, why, why Rotary and how Rotary levers money to go as far as humanly possible and then to also serve the needs of the communities that we're trying trying to help. And, you know, I th- think that this is a perfect opportunity for us to segue into some success stories, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, how do you, maybe one that uh, is, is just getting going, you know, you know, tell us a little bit more on a project that's just getting funding and how that's going. Well, we're in the, we're in the process of um, approving a grant that's going to go into the Ukraine. And everybody knows the situation there. Yeah. This is a maternal and childhood health um, grant. It's going to be approximately $95,000. And this is aimed at um, mothers with young children and specifically mothers who have lost young children because of the war. And working with the hospital and the maternity boards in Ukraine, we're hopefully going to help the situation there progress from basically a war into peacetime. And so that would be one that we're in the process of doing right now. What something? What specifically is the goal in terms of just some uh, just some psychiatric help or not psychiatric help? It's uh, psychological, like just emotional help. Do you do you have some specifics about the program itself? Uh, it's a one-on-one program sponsored through the maternity wards. Okay. Um, we expect that this will touch the lives of over twenty-five hundred mothers and um, children okay. in the Ukraine. Now, in Ukraine right now, people are quite mobile for obvious reasons. Right. So the logistics there is, is somewhat difficult. But Rotary is used to working in, in difficult situations and different difficult areas of the world. Yeah, I feel like that's just what we do, right? I mean, um, anything else we have on that? Yeah, all over the world. They, yeah, right. They are on the ground there making these projects happen. So it works with not only the 5950 clubs, but the clubs internationally on the ground in country. I guess we can't call ourselves people of action if, if, if that's not the case. Yeah. Um, well, how about a project that is currently underway that you've okay. seen some progress on? All right. Uh, there's a good example. We have what we call an e-club, and it's a, um, 
a virtual club meets on the internet uh, via Zoom. It's called the, the Global Travelers E-Club, and they're very new. And they put together a project in Cartagena, Colombia. And with the influx of people from Venezuela, there are slums all over the, that country. And they don't have drinking water. They found a project that originated um, out of the University of Calgary in Canada, where they can install within a home, such as they are, a purification system that takes no electricity, that they can take uh, putrid water from the polluted rivers that run through Cartagena, pour the water in the top, and po uh, potable water comes out the bottom. <laughs> With this grant of approximately $80,000, they will install 775 purification devices in the slums of Cartagena, Colombia. That's in progress right now. That's incredible. Yeah. How, you know, one question as we're going through all this is, you know, we went from Ukraine to, to Colombia. Is, you know, are, is it Rotarians that bring, you know, within the club level that bring these opportunities? To, is it people seek it out? Uh, people come to Rotary? You know, how, did, how do you find all these places to serve? Is it, you know, can you walk us through that a little bit? We have networking through Rotary International where we can go onto a website and find countries that are looking for partners. Uh, many of our Rotarians travel, and so they have connections all over the world. Um, this particular club had people that um, have a connection to Colombia, and they paired up with a club in Cartagena and put together this project. It was a cooperative project, not just the Minnesota club, but with a club in, in Colombia. And so um, we do exchange students all over the world. Uh, we have connections all over the world. Um, all basically Rotarians on the same principle of service above health, uh, above self. And so it's by word of mouth and it comes from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. Bottom up, I think, is the best way to put that. Yeah, down. so as a Rotarian, you can come to your club with a, with an idea of something that you found or a connection you had while you travel or, or somebody may come to you, sounds mm -hmm. like. Well, as Rotarians travel, they know of the clubs and the areas that they're traveling to. And so they oftentimes will visit those clubs. So if somebody is yeah. going to India or as an expatriate from India, they go back and they visit the clubs there. And uh, any Rotarian anywhere in the world is welcomed in any club anywhere in the world, of which there are approximately 12,000 clubs. Wow. 12,000 clubs, it's so many. <laughs> and then let's, let's, uh, let's explore a project that is completed that might be your favorite so far. We just completed a project in Haiti. Mm -hmm. And as you know, Haiti, if it isn't the poorest country in the world is certainly is the poorest country in the Americas. Uh, in Haiti, there is no government. It's run by gangs, and the country is basically existing with NGOs. We had an individual from Gaylord, Minnesota, who had a connection in Haiti, and they saw that they have a denuded island, or at least they're half of it. It's uh, the island of Hispaniola, which is the Dominican Republic, is on the east end and Haiti's on the west end. All the trees have been cut down. Okay, the dirt is basically clay, and they cannot grow food for themselves. They found a way that was developed in Zimbabwe, Africa. It's called God's um, uh, Farming, and they founded an NGO where they went to Haiti and did some test plots where they were able to triple the food production of a small trip, uh, test plot 
And they said, we need to spread this across the entire island. So using both district and global grants, they have developed an agricultural institute, have brought in trained agronomists that are teaching Haitians to use modern agricultural techniques to triple the productivity of food uh, on basically barren land. They've built a building, fixtured it, brought in instructors, and they are teaching people to go out amongst the people of Haiti so that they can um, basically feed themselves. Hmm. Mm-hmm. They are so productive that in the test plots that they've been doing, uh, the farmer that they worked with not only has enough food to feed his family, but enough left over that he can sell it in the market and send his kids to school. Wow. Okay. This just completed. And so now the, the seeds have been sown, and now they're in the process of spreading this all over the island. This is happening as we speak. How long, did so, the, how long was the process? The process took approximately two years. And we've so got relative, video relatively like quick. Of, um, basically pouring the concrete, concrete, all the buildings are concrete. There is no wood. Yeah. And uh, the district grant built the building and the global grant fixtured it. And that project was probably about $120,000. And it is now self-sufficient. And then how did, how did you build the sustainability ongoing like how did you get the buy-in from the community and do do you know i mean do you know how that worked well they went to the subsistence farmers who were starving and said if you will try the new ways of uh, agriculture now remember this rotary club is from gaylord minnesota that's a farming community yeah Mm -hmm. so they understood that and so they went to the subsistence farmers and they ran a plot using the old method of farming versus the new method and um, uh, demonstration was stark. The old way was barren and born no food. The other one was plentiful and had a uh, (coughs) surplus of food. And if that doesn't uh, convert uh, a local farmer, what he wants to do, they do it. (laughs) And so they're using these uh, modern methods, which haven't changed in Haiti in 300 years, and they're now transforming the island one farm at a time. Oh, that makes sense. If you show show the results, then that's yeah. pretty easy to get by in, I bet. <laughs> uh, to use a movie reference, I'm thinking of Days of Thunder when he's like, he did 50 laps his way, 50 laps my way, his tires are like yeah. half as worn out. <laughs> like, just the proof yeah. was in the pudding. Well, we got about a minute. Oh, go ahead. That's just a sampling of things that we do. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it, it's incredible how it works, and uh, my ability to be able to help in a small way to get these things put together um, makes all the difference in the world for me personally. Oh, that's great. You know, as we go, we, we're getting up against a break here. What I'd like to talk about in the next segment is, you know, how do how do people get involved? You know, from the ground up, how do they you know grow into a role like yours that that is really having you know direct impact and and really learn more on how how people can get involved serving. Um, okay. But, um, you know, unless you got some other ideas, I think that's, a, you know, I'm new to Rotary, so it's 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 really interesting to learn this. I, I also would, if we had an hour, I'd like to get into the history of it because I've <laughs> yeah. learned so much. But, um, but uh, yeah, that that's where we'll go. And uh, thanks for listening. I'm Chad Larson. And I'm Joe Kirk. We'll see you on the next segment.
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Searching for Service. I'm Joe Kirk, and with me... Chad Larson. And today we have Steve Johnson, and he's the Global Grant Chair with Rotary International. And we've been talking a lot about international projects, about how uh, Rotary International, how, how local clubs fund Rotary International global grants. And, you know, we've really gotten into that process. And we actually got to hear um, some success stories that were really, yeah, pretty cool, really exciting. And it actually made me think of something right out of the gate is, you know, I think some sometimes people get a little overwhelmed by the international stuff because it's, it's so vast what you can do. I mean, like the three examples you gave were three starkly different, um, you know, grants, programs, and, you know, the kind of the, the sky's the limit when it comes to what you can do. And so I, how do you help people that are looking to get involved in the international grant process? And like, where to start? Like, how do you start? Well, uh, the easiest way to start is to visit a local Rotary Club meeting. Mm -hmm. Then the question is, how do you find one? And so we have uh, two areas where you can find out very quickly where a local Rotary Club is. One is the district website. It's www.rotary, R-O-T-A-R-Y, 5950.org. And that's the uh, district website. At the very top masthead, you'll be able to uh, look at membership, and it will direct you in different directions. Also, you can go to the Rotary International website, www.rotary.org, and one of the um, options that you've got at the masthead of that website is find a club. And you can put in a city anywhere in the world. It can be Nairobi, Kenya, or it can be uh, Kiev, uh, Ukraine. And within a 50-mile radius, it will list all of the clubs, where they meet, what time they meet, and mm -hmm. in what language they meet. Oh, and so, I'll, uh, I'll put those links in the in the description too, so people, if they're listening, can find uh, find them if they uh, don't uh, type them in themselves. So I'll put those in. Okay, very good. Um, one other thing about Rotary is it's a club that doesn't swallow you whole. You know, people join Rotary for a variety of different reasons, and if you've got the time to uh, going to a project, you do. If you've got other commitments, there's no pressure to participate in one project or another that a club might do. That's kind of the beauty of Rotary. And as I said earlier, um, it's a club of probably the 50 busiest people in town. And I found that the 50 busiest people in town can usually find room to do one more project where people who aren't particularly busy are just too busy to do anything. <laughs> so you find <laughs> so you, I'm using that one. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> people are well organized, and you, you're going to uh, work with the leadership within a community. And so that that's, and then those are the individuals that know the problems that we're, that we're running into, and are usually the problem solvers. So that would be the best way to get into Rotary, um, <clears throat> or go to a Rotary project. They do. Um, Projects around town, uh, they try to publicize themselves so they can see what's going on. But it's a service above self type project. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I keep repeating that, but that's basically the underlying tenet of Rotary. Well, it's great. I mean, we we obviously do a lot of these interviews and we hear the same things over and over again. But those are the things that work, too. 
And those are the things that what we stand for. We're obviously people of action. We serve service above self, the four-way test. All of those things, those are those are not just things to say, yep. just to say we live by them and and it's it's our guiding principles. It's it's how we attract new members is typically those new members have similar interests, values, and, and, and those types of things. And what's really cool is that you can take that foundation and then deploy it the way that, you know, we're talking about internationally in, in your community, in doing all kinds of dynamic service projects. And so like, this is such a fun interview because I think that it's it's hard for some people because it's so vast. It's so big. It's We're talking about the entire globe. We're talking about any type of project that you can think of. Yeah. And it's almost like if you can dream it, we'll figure out a way to do it and we'll yeah, we'll get fun. the we'll get the people uh on board to do it and you know, if anybody out there is wondering, we can just get you in contact with Steve too and I'm sure that he could point you in the right direction. He seems to have all the answers. He's I know. he's no, got <laughs> You know, as a new, you know, I'm newer to the rotary and it, it, the international side still is, you know, I I see in have the opportunities locally, but as a new Rotarian, what would be my first steps other than if, if I'm not already getting the opportunity right away at my club, how would I get involved on trying to find a, the international project or, or aspect that I could get involved in or spearhead or, you know, really, really have an impact? Well, you'd start at the, uh, the club level. And as uh, you get familiar with what's going on, you could move on to the district level. There's always opportunities there. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to see what happens on a, a global basis, you go to the rotaryfoundation.org website or just www.rotary.com or rotary.org, yep. and it'll take you anywhere you want to go. And it's cool. quite extensive. So uh, that would give you kind of a rounding of what we do, both locally and internationally. Yeah. One other thing I'd like to point out is a, a project that's just being completed right now, and you may have heard of it, is Polio Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1985, Rotary decided on a worldwide project that they wanted to eradicate polio from the face of the earth. In the last year, there has not been a case of polio reported. And uh, the Western Hemisphere has been completely eradicated. Um, <clears throat> Sub-Saharan Africa has been, Europe and Asia. The only place where we are still watching is in Pakistan and in Afghanistan. Okay. And uh, we declare an area free of polio if they have not had a uh, substantiated case in a three-year period. So they're close to getting it done, but not quite. And so we're still running projects to eradicate it. The only other disease that's been eradicated from the face of the earth is smallpox. And that was done almost a half a century ago. Yeah. So that's one of their global projects that is a feather in their hat. Yeah. So the way to get involved... Find a local Rotary Club, and you can do it on those two websites. Yeah. Do you guys do trainings at all for people? Absolutely. Everything involves training, and uh, everything is uh, set up in a training process, and uh, clubs have varying levels of training for different projects that they've got. Okay. Uh, my, you know, as we, as we talk through this, are there certain areas you'd like to see more um, more grants going to, or you know, obviously you're you're very involved, but where do you think you want to see things evolve in, in certain areas? Well, in that um, Rotary's uh, originated for from business people and professionals, I'd like to see uh, 
more done in professional and economic development. And we've got uh, grants that have done just that, but they're a little bit harder to put together because you're dealing with culture mm -hmm. as opposed to wells and water and farming. Yeah. And so the biggest obstacle that I think Rotary has got is uh, dealing with different cultures. We certainly have one in the United States, but it's much different than what it might be in Kenya yeah. or mm -hmm. in South America. And that's a challenge and a um, <clears throat> area that uh, we work on very hard, but uh, we get by, let's put it that way. Yeah. Sure. What uh, what other projects that um, are there? Any other ones that you, you're currently working on right now that need more support? Well, uh, we're a project that is uh, blooming right now is in India uh, through the Maple Grove Rotary Club. They have done four or five projects where they're um, working on water conservation. And they've, uh, with projects that they've done over the last two or three years, poured over a half a million dollars into arid parts of India so that they have water on a year-round basis. Typically, they have a wet season and a dry season. During the dry season, people go to the cities and the slums, and then in the wet season, they come back. If they can preserve water in those areas, they can be there year-round and grow two, sometimes three crops as opposed to one. And so that's starting from a small project and growing, and that one has grown many times and hopefully we'll be able to expand it even farther. So that's kind of my next hope for a major project. And this is these are things that can be transplanted not only in India, but in Sub-Saharan Africa or South America. And so um, I think that's kind of the seed of maybe one of the next major rotary projects. Yeah, that's my hope. And that you said started, out of the, started with uh, Maple Grove uh, Rotary? Started with the Maple Grove Rotary Club. Um, okay. One of their members is an expatriate from India. And we, in conjunction with Rotary Clubs in India, have put together those projects. And so that's just a feather in Rotary's cap, but yeah. most certainly the, the Maple Grove Club, Club's hat as well. Cool. I, I always amazed where things start. I'm, I'm always amazed on how and where things start and how simple, if it's in a bar, if it's in, you know, like it's, it's, it's fascinating, like where things start and how quickly they grow. And I think that we'll take an opportunity here to uh, end this segment. So we're going to pop out of here, but we're excited to hear more about uh, projects and where, where things are going in the next segment. So I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. And you're listening to Searching for Service. Hey, welcome back to Searching for Service. I'm Joe Kirk, and with me... It's Chad Larson. And today we have Steve Johnson, and he is the Global Grants Director, right? Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. Global <laughs> Grants, I know. <laughs> Global Grants, 5950. Yep, 5950. And, you know, we've been talking about for the last uh, three segments, uh, you know, some of the things that the Global Grants do, some of the, the really great success stories. Um, you know, how you got involved in Rotary and, you know, our favorite seg segment here is kind of looking to the future and, you know, what do you see as the future for Rotary? I think it's going to, it's an organization that's going to grow because uh, it goes from the bottom up. And so we need people. Uh, we certainly have an influence uh, internationally, but it's uh, taking one project at a time and uh, we have 
uh, global scholars that we send around the world. Uh, we've got um, uh, peace fellowships, but we have um, uh, five universities around the world uh, that uh, groom people for peace and negotiations. Um, our district uh, puts together at least one, if not two, global scholars every year where we take someone after their baccalaureate degree in college, mm -hmm. and they will be um, working with for a master's degree in some university around the world. Uh, we have a peace fellowship of uh, five peace universities around the world in Tokyo, Sydney, Australia, I believe in Sweden. Uh, there's one in England and there's one in the United States. And these are full scholarships designed to uh, develop people that will work in the peace process. This is, uh, again, a, a project that is unsung, but certainly has made a difference around the world. So um, <clears throat> at any level that you want to get involved with in Rotary, if, it, if it's locally and uh, building a park or um, working with a food shelf or with a school or whatever, you can do that. If you want to do something globally in large projects like in India, you can do that. And there's a pathway open to any Rotarian, wherever you want to put your skills and your talents to good use. And I, I found out over the years, the more I give, I get back in spades many times over. So just the Agreed. satisfaction of being in Rotary makes all the difference in the world. So if in doubt, check out your local Rotary Club. Yeah. <laughs> Probably going to get there. That's right. We will welcome you with open arms. Well, and speaking of uh, welcoming, welcoming them with open arms, I mean, you mentioned a little bit off air that, you know, you're, you have some high aspirations that Rotary continues to engage the youth, the younger, the younger generation, because it's really the future. And I really liked how you said that to us. And I, I definitely something we want to talk about on the show. Um, so go a little bit more into the importance of Rotary growing from the youth side. Well, uh, one of the projects that is uh, Rotary does is they have a youth exchange program where thousands of Rotarian or um, high school juniors, seniors, sometimes sophomores will go into, let's say from Minnesota, they'll go into Germany or Japan or Australia or uh, any country around the world and we will match them with a uh, country. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we will take people in from other areas of the country. In my particular club, I can think of people from India, from Argentina, from Sweden, from Japan, um, from <clears throat> Kenya, all over the world that they have spent a year with a Rotarian family in our town and gone to our schools, um, integrated with uh, students here. And so now they know what the United States is all about as opposed to what they see on the media. And that's been going on for decades. And so that's aimed at youth. And those people come back and become Rotarians. Mm -hmm. um, going after diversity, equity, and inclusion, we're looking uh, to make sure that we have uh, representation for women. They're half the population. So we'd like to see half of Rotarians be women, where initially it was a men's only group. Yeah. Um, we look for people of color. Uh, we look for white people. We look for Japanese or whatever. Rotary is non-sectarian, non-discriminatory, and any project that we do, one of the requirements is that it is not limited to a certain ethnic or yep. religious group. One of my favorite descriptions, too, is that your Rotary Club should reflect your community. Yep. 
And that should be your kind of benchmark in terms of how you're growing and like, like your aspirations for what your makeup of your club should look like is it should reflect your community, which makes a lot of sense. Um, because you know, if you're, if you want to serve your community, you have to have it, you have to have it represented within your club so that you can effectively going back to what we've talked about on the, on the global grants is being able to effectively use time energy and dollars to best serve that community. So the best thing that Rotary can do is have their clubs reflect their communities. Well, just to use my club as an example, we have approximately 50 to 60 members and it varies in that amount, but uh, about 40% of our club is women. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a club member that's an expatriate from Mexico, another one from Colombia, uh, another one from Liberia, um, Africa, and another one who, uh, originated from Taiwan, China, all in our club. So we have that international perspective and they found a hold because they can work within their former co- uh, countries or where uh, their ethnicity originated. And it just brings in the international flavor of Rotary International. So um, well, and we we're focus all just, on that. Yeah, we're all just we better for the perspective as well too. I mean, it, it's amazing on how I'm, I'm always shocked on how little I know every day is what I like to say. <laughs> yeah, that's well, our former Our former district governor was from, uh, her heritage is from Taiwan and her grandparents were in mainland China. Uh, our current district governor is a uh, uh, um, person of color and he's uh, unique for district governors in, in Rotary. So, Lloyd um, Campbell, we had him on the show yeah, a couple we weeks ago. On, yeah. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. He's and, amazing. Uh, he's got a very unique uh, story in that Rotary has grown and changed since he first experienced it. So, um, yeah. uh, it, it's an interesting conglomeration of people, and uh, we all find a way way to get along. And basically, we know, want to bounce our grandchildren on our knee and uh, have a good life. Yeah. So that's what, what it's yeah. all about. It was really cool to hear that, you know, the history how it started and, and yeah. how it got international. When do you think it really took off on the international level? Was it really early on or did it take time? And it's okay if you don't know, but I feel like you might. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's been slowly growing like cancer for a long time. I, yeah. That's probably a bad analogy, but it's a, it's a good cancer. It started in Chicago with uh, Paul Harris and it's been growing ever since. Yeah. It's been growing more so in third world countries than in the first world countries as of late. Yeah. yeah and I mean, that's I been, that's, that's also been uh, one of the goals of this show is to continue to grow rotary into new audience, new places, new, new people. And, you know, so it's just kind of fun how we're just continuing to adapt and continue, continuing to seek out new ways to find people that are seeking service. We've got 50 seconds left. If you can give me a 30 second answer on, if somebody is listening to this, is not involved in Rotary, and is looking for service projects, what's the first thing they should do? <laughs> Look for a Rotary. <laughs> ah, there it is. Set it up. <laughs> you know, one thing I think we do here, too, which is look for one, but or serve next to one because you yeah. get to know some people because they're or on the community a... level. You know, once you, once you get comfortable, you realize it's, it, it is open and, and it opened to everybody. Yeah, and so Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. You're a great guest. Yeah, thank you, Steve. We learned so much. And uh, just a reminder to our guests out there, you are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. It's time to stop searching. And start serving.